Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Bowen. Even though I live with my parents, we treat each other like strangers. We don't talk. I can't even remember the last time I had a conversation with my dad. I only remember my mom telling me to take out the trash a few weeks ago. Normally, she just points to the trash with her eyes. I was surprised that she actually said something to me that day at all. I do my own grocery shopping, I cook my own food, and I eat alone in my room. My parents love traveling. Of course, they never take me with them. They don't even tell me that they're going somewhere. If I don't see them at home two nights in a row, I know that they must have gone on a trip. I only find out where they've been after they come back by looking at the fridge. Because wherever they go, they get a souvenir magnet and stick it there. They never ask me if I have any money. Thankfully, my grandma gives me money every week. She's my mother's mother and lives in a retirement home. My mom hasn't seen her in years. I visit her every Friday. I'm sure you're curious to know why they are treating me this way. I'll tell you why. Because they think I ruined their lives. My mom was only 20 years old when she got pregnant with me. She and my dad were both law school students. My mom gave birth to me even though she didn't want me at all. Because of that, she never got her degree. My dad also had to quit school and started working to be able to support us. One day when I was in elementary school, my mom said to me, If it wasn't for you, both your dad and I would have been successful lawyers today. But instead, I'm working as a secretary and your dad is a mechanic. In case you're not aware, you destroyed our lives. Of course, hearing that at such a young age made me really upset. Now, I don't feel guilty, but I can't really say that I'm all that happy. I only feel good when I visit my grandma. That's why on Fridays, I don't walk, but run to the retirement home. Every week, my grandma's best friend, Aunt Zora, bakes a lemon cake for me. The three of us have cake as I tell them about everything that happened that week. I mostly talk about the things my parents have done. They listen to me very carefully, and they always have a lot to say. One Friday, when I arrived at the home, both my grandma and Aunt Zora looked really sad. Their eyes were all puffy from crying. Aunt Zora was being treated for cancer. I knew something bad had happened. Her doctor had told her that the cancer had spread all over her body. Nothing could be done anymore. Aunt Zora wiped the tears off her face and said, I asked the doctor, how long do I have? Please tell me. He said, maybe a week or a month? Almost certainly less than a year. It's really difficult to say this, but I can die any second now, she said. I was so sad. She was as close to me as my grandma. I wanted to say something to comfort her, but words had lost their meaning. Aunt Zora said, let's go to my room. I've had something on my mind for a while now. It's time to share it. My grandma and I stared at each other. 
We didn't get it. We followed Ansora. She took out a notebook from the closet and handed it to me. I don't have anyone else in this world apart from you two. I think of your grandma as my sister and you as my grandson. This notebook is the only thing I can leave you, she said. I looked at the notebook. I could tell it was very old because the pages were all yellow. I flipped through it but couldn't figure out what it was. There were a lot of numbers and words I couldn't make out. Aunt Zora said, these are my great-grandfather's notes. He lived in France in the 1700s, and he was one of the most renowned alchemists of his time. Do you know what alchemy is? She asked me. I shook my head. No. Aunt Zora began to tell the story. In ancient Greece, China, and Europe, alchemists tried to transform materials such as iron and lead into gold by mixing different elements. They used to say, if you mix the right ingredients, you could turn a rusty key into solid gold. There were some who succeeded, but they didn't tell anyone about it. They kept it a secret. My great-grandfather was one of them. Thanks to him, our family lived comfortably for generations. We kept his secret, but I'm the last living member of my family, so no one else is left. I've decided that Bowen is the only person I can pass this on to. And I have some good news, too. The formula in this notebook transforms not only metals, but any object into gold. Listening to Aunt Zora, my grandma was surprised as I was. Anything at all, she asked? Yes, everything. There's even rumors about one of my great uncles accidentally dipping his hand into this liquid and his whole hand turning into gold. My grandma said, Zora, you really surprised me with this. Why do you live here if you're so wealthy? Aunt Zora smiled. Because I was so lonely. I decided to build this place because I wanted to have a lot of friends, she replied. My grandma screamed, What? This place belongs to you? Why didn't you tell me? Aunt Zora laughed. You never asked. Don't ask, don't tell. Then she took out a wooden box from the closet. She gave it to my grandma. And this is for you. But don't open it just yet. Don't ruin the surprise. You'll know when to open it, she said. While they were chatting, I was going through the pages of the notebook. Aunt Zora looked at me. The formula is on the last page. You need some chemicals. I'm sure you can find them on all that beloved internet of yours. Come on, get to work now, she said. <laughs> Turning anything you wanted to gold. Was that really possible? I was sure Aunt Zora was telling the truth. If she was saying this worked, then of course it did. After that day, I began spending all my time researching the notebook that was from the 1700s. I read through the whole notebook to make a list of all the chemicals in the formula. It took a while, but I finally did it. There were seven of them in total. After a long search, I figured out where I could buy them. The next step was ordering them. I was giddy with excitement, but when I came to the sixth chemical, my excitement turned into grief because this was a pretty rare element which sold for $1,000 per pound, and I didn't have that much money. I could think of only one solution. I could ask my parents for a loan. I went to the kitchen to talk to them. They were surprised to see me. My dad looked annoyed and said, what? I showed him the old notebook and told him what Aunt Zora had told us. I need $1,000. In return, I'll give you all the gold you want so you can travel for the rest of your life and never have to see me again, I said. They both started laughing hysterically. My mom said, this boy has gone totally insane from lack of attention. How imaginative. He can turn anything into gold. My dad turned to me and asked, Did you really believe this stupid tale? You're so naive. No wonder we never felt close to you. I wasn't going to take another second of this. I ran out. I got on a bus to get to the retirement home. I wanted to tell Grandma and Aunt Zora about everything. When I walked in, everyone was crying. Clearly something bad had happened. I went to my grandma's room. She stood up when she saw me. Zora wasn't feeling well this morning. It all happened in a flash. 
She took her final breath in my arms, she said, and began sobbing. I ended up spending the night with my grandma. In the morning, she took out the wooden box that Aunt Zora had given her. We couldn't believe our eyes when we opened it. There were three golden eggs inside. I took one out. It was brilliant and shiny. I wished I could show those eggs to my dad and see the expression on his face. There was a piece of paper inside the box. It seemed to be a note from Aunt Zora. My grandma took it out and began to read. If you're reading this, then I must be gone. The day I got married, my dad turned 100 eggs into gold and gave them all to me. Each time I needed money, I would sell one and live comfortably for a while. These are the last few that are left. I wanted to give them to you since I have no need for them anymore. Goodbye, my dear sister. Once again, tears came pouring down my grandma's eyes. She knew I didn't want to go back home. We could sell one of these golden eggs and buy a house. We can live there together, she said. I happily agreed. Since we had enough money now, all I wanted was to try implementing the formula and to become a real alchemist. My grandma bought us a wonderful house. We converted the basement into a laboratory. I ordered all the chemicals and tools that I needed online. I grabbed the notebook and got to work. I began following the formula on the last page of the notebook very carefully. Like I said earlier, there were seven different chemicals involved. I blended all of them in a bowl, but I was disappointed because the resulting liquid looked just like water. I thought after all that hard work, I would finally get some kind of liquid gold, but this liquid didn't seem any different from tap water. Still, I decided to keep going. I was going to use some eggs for the experiment as well. I dropped an egg into the liquid. At first, nothing happened, but after a few moments, a lot of little bubbles started forming. Then the liquid began to boil on its own. I was watching completely mesmerized. The boiling suddenly stopped. The egg had turned golden and shiny. The formula worked. I'd succeeded in transforming an egg into pure gold. Now there was one more thing I had to do. I'm sure you can guess what it is. I wanted to teach my toxic parents a lesson. I went to their house. Neither of them was home because they were both working. I took all the magnets from the fridge and put them in a bag. Then I came back to my new home. I was so excited. I went down to the lab. I dipped each magnet into the liquid and turned them all into gold. I picked up the Las Vegas magnet and held it high. It was so striking and shiny. I couldn't help but laugh. I really wanted my parents to see these right away. I went to the kitchen and stuck the gold magnets onto the fridge. Then I took some pictures, created a group chat with my parents' numbers. I sent the photos of the magnets to the group. Are these our magnets? They look fantastic, my mom wrote first. Soon after, my dad wrote, Bowen, did you turn our magnets into gold? So the formula worked? What an incredible success! I'm proud of you! I wasn't going to reply, but they kept texting me. My dad wrote, We really need to catch up with you, son. Shall we go on a family trip together? We have to celebrate your success. My mom wrote, Honey, where are you now? Send us your location. We'll come to you. We missed you so much. At that point, I'd had enough. I didn't expect my parents to sink so low for money. It also made me furious to think that they could fool me with a few nice words. I went down to my lab. My parents still kept texting me. I was holding my phone, but wasn't reading any of their texts. I slowly lowered my phone into the liquid. Soon after, it turned into gold. They couldn't text me anymore. That was the last time I heard from them. Sometimes I would look up the tall skyscrapers as I walked down the city streets begging for money. I used to live in one of those. I used to have a view of the ocean, a concierge, a doorman. I tipped my valet well and he was a friend of the family. But that all feels like a lifetime ago. Now I'm alone. 
penniless, washing car windows and begging strangers for change for a living. It all started when I met Chelsea at a charity gala. She was the prettiest girl in the room, and I was the richest one. Hi, I'm Drake. I just thought I'd introduce myself, seeing as we'll be married soon. Chelsea laughed at my cheesy line, but it worked. A year later, we got married at a cathedral in Spain. We flew our friends and family over. We had a ceremony filled with luxury. A whole orchestra, ten pairs of swans, white flowers bedecked the whole place. And yet, as soon as the wedding was over, all Chelsea did was complain. I mean, sure, Bali is Bali, but isn't it a bit uninspired for a honeymoon? Half the people here are Australians. I wish you'd have taken me to Switzerland or Cape Town. You're Drake Nathans for crying out loud. All of Hollywood is at your feet and you take me to Bali? She said this as she sipped on a $100 drink while lounging on a yacht next to a private tropical island. Chelsea's appetites were insatiable. She bought everything she fancied. Five years after our wedding, there were still clothes, bags, and necklaces that she bought with my money on our honeymoon that she hadn't even worn once. Chelsea quit her job the moment we got home and became a professional leech. All she did was attend celebrity parties and flirt with guys twice her age. She complained that I didn't give her a big enough allowance and didn't buy her expensive gifts. Meanwhile, she used my card to go on shopping sprees and to treat her girlfriends to lavish vacations. When she had our kids, the spending only got worse. She was never home, and I had to take care of the kids myself, even when I was filming. The kids loved it, though. But one day, I came home and Chelsea was gone, and so were the kids. My paintings, my statues, my cars, all gone. My safe was emptied, and the bank account was drained. I heard she ran off with some young model she met at a party, and no matter how much I spent on private investigators, they couldn't find her. I wouldn't have minded being poor if I had my kids, but she took them, and she didn't even care about them. Then, she had someone deliver a message. She would only give my kids back if I sent her money. Lots of it. I sold what I could. I borrowed from the bank, but no matter how much I sent, my kids never appeared. I worked as much as I could, but the financial hole Chelsea left in me was too vast. And soon, I was deep in debt. The banks took my house, they took everything that I had left, and I became a pauper. I had to live on the streets. It was tough at first. My friends tried to help, but Chelsea told everyone I was a bad father and that I did unspeakable stuff to her. Nobody believed me when I denied her lies. I was alone in the world. People who passed me by would recognize me and insult me. They would take photos and make memes about how low I sank. After a while, people moved on, and the world forgot about Drake Nathans. The only way I could really make money was teaching self-defense and martial arts classes. It was at least one skill from my acting career that could make stable money. I was on my way to interview for a job when I saw a commotion break out. A girl wearing copious amounts of jewelry was running down the street, and three crooks were running after her. They cornered her in an alley, and I ran through traffic, dodged and jumped over cars just to get there in time. One of them already had the girl in his grasp. And don't move. If you come any closer, she's a goner. You don't want to get tangled up in this, homeless guy. Run along. Here's a dollar. 
The guy tossed a bunch of coins at my face, but I caught one and threw it back straight at him. While they were all shocked, I swiped the first guy with my feet and he fell to the ground. I elbowed the other one in the gut and he doubled over. And then, I ran at the wall and used that to jump behind the third guy. I grabbed his arm and put it behind his back. The girl was free. You're safe now, miss. Suddenly, ten guys in suits came rushing towards us. Two of them grabbed my arms and pushed me to the ground. Princess, are you alright? Princess? Shut up, you lowlife. Did these guys hurt you, princess? Hudson, call the cops. We'll need to investigate who's behind this. I, I'm sorry, but the guy you're holding down, he's not with them. He's the one that saved me. Suddenly, I was being helped up. The guys apologized, and the princess asked if there was anything she could do to thank me. That was when one of the guards recognized me. Holy, that's Drake Nathans. Dude. Drake Nathans? Who's that? The princess drove me to her mansion in the city, and she had someone bring me fresh clothes. She housed me in her guest house and fed me, and when I had rested, she summoned me to her room. She had spent the whole night watching all my movies. She listened to my story, and she pitied me. And so, as a reward for saving her, she made me her personal trainer and martial arts instructor. I taught her judo, and there were times where her face would come so close to mine and she would grab my arm to disarm me, and it made all the maids watching us blush. One time, she lost her balance, and her lips landed on my neck. I had goosebumps all over, and we both jumped back in embarrassment. Hands off her, you! I looked around and saw the princess's fiancé. Aren't you being too comfortable touching the princess like that? Oh, he didn't mean it. I... I fell. Nevertheless, a peasant shouldn't be touching a princess. You should make him wear gloves. You, servant, go fetch me some tea. The princess and I have something to discuss. But the princess's lessons are unimportant compared to the royal wedding. I was dismissed, and that night the princess came to me crying. She had no desire to marry Kirin, especially because when they were young, Kirin told her she was ugly. But now that she was going to be queen, he used his family's influence to get engaged to her. Nobody liked the guy. Even the guards would have hit him already if he wasn't a lord. He treated everyone as if he owned them. And I didn't want the princess to end up with a guy like that. But princess, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a princess. I'm just Kate when I'm with you. You make me happy. You're the one I want to marry. She took my face and kissed me. And for three long, infinite seconds, I felt heaven. It wasn't just in my head. She was in love with me too. See? You can do something about it. If you love me, take me with you. You have to take me out of here. I didn't want to put Kate's life in that position. But when I overheard Kieran confess that it was him who sent those thugs after Kate, everything changed. Kate's safety was at stake, and I did the one thing that I knew would protect her. We ran. And for months, Kieran's thugs hunted us. Kate and I sent coded messages back to the palace to tell everyone we were okay, and our guards gathered evidence for what Kieran did. One night, while we were in one of our hideouts, the stars were so beautiful that Kate and I decided to go for a walk on the beach. The waves were so tall, and the boats were camouflaged, so 
We didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, we were surrounded by Kieran's thugs. I fought them off one by one, but I was running out of steam. Kate began sobbing from hopelessness, and just when I couldn't fight anymore, a bright light shone on us from above. Soldiers rappelled down the beach, and one by one, Kieran's thugs were apprehended. Princess, I'm so glad we got here in time. We were saved. The palace couldn't prove that Kieran had had bad motives, and so they basically used us as bait. But it all worked out in the end, and Kieran was taken to prison. Our story became a spectacle. The whole world wanted to know our stories. Someone even made a movie out of it, starring me. Finally, I was back in Hollywood, and my stardom was restored. At the movie's premiere, I felt someone grab my arm. I was pulled back, and immediately guards surrounded us. I looked back and saw my ex-wife behind the barricades, and she had my kids. They were all grown up. We lost it all. Ran, ran out of money. I've been raising them on my own all this time. Please, please help me. Sir, do you know this woman? I looked her up and down and then I smiled. No, I don't know this woman. The Chelsea I knew would have never worn a dress with holes in them. She would have worn makeup and she would have had jewels everywhere. She might claim to be my wife, but she's not. Those are my kids, though. Let them in. Chelsea begged to be let in with our sons, but I just ignored her. I'm sorry. Take me back. We can be married again. I looked at her one last time. Marry you? When I have a princess as my fiance? Kate showed everyone the sapphire ring I gave her. And as the paparazzi cameras flashed all around us... We kissed. Once upon a time, there lived a boy raised by a horrible, terrible mother who only knew how to make him feel like he didn't deserve anything in the world. That boy grew up to live a life filled with suffering which led him to a path of destruction. But there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Hi everyone, my name's Axel. My parents fought a lot. Every day, multiple times a day. It was like being in the middle of a war zone. Only the weapons they use are words. My earliest memory was of hearing my mom shouting at my dad for not being able to afford to buy her a diamond necklace like her friend Sarah's husband. Sarah lived two houses down the street, and mom and her would spend afternoons trying to outdo each other. They acted like they were friends, but really, they were fierce rivals who always tried to outdo each other. My dad tried. He tried to be calm around her, tried to be nice and give her everything. But one day, Mom hit Dad with her fist when he found out she was cheating, and he left without another word. I was ten when Dad left. Apparently, Mom started cheating on him ages ago with Sarah's husband, and she was stealing from the family business. Well, the day my dad left, the family business left with him, and Mom didn't like that one bit. She took that anger out on me. Sometimes she'd starve me on purpose, or she'd leave the house, only returning weeks later. I had to fend for myself early. Boyfriend after boyfriend came and went so quickly into our house that Mom should have just had a revolving door installed. My favorite was Tim. At least he let me keep the change whenever he'd asked me to buy him his drinks at the corner shop. And he didn't push me around like the others. Him and Mom lasted about a month. I grew up with zero self-esteem. Mom always made me feel like I was worthless. If you hadn't been born, your dad would still be here. 
Now look at us. We're poorer than rats. I was over her crap that week. I was already so tired from doing all the house chores and cooking her every meal that I finally snapped. Dad's gone because of you! You klepto, cheating, gold digging slap! Mom left a stinging sensation across my cheek, and when she saw that I was trying my best not to show that I was about to cry, she decked me in the guts and I fell to the floor. She threw me out of the house that day. I didn't have anything but the clothes I was wearing on my back. I was lucky that my best friend Cole's mom was chill and took pity on me. I even joked about wanting to get adopted by a hot mom like her to Cole, and he immediately gave me a quick kick in the knee. It was around that time that I met Haley. I was depressed. I had no home, and I was wondering how I could ever make something of myself in the world without a family. But then I met her. And when I met Haley, my dark world suddenly became bright. I woke up every day like it was the best day ever. And whenever she smiled at me, I felt like I could do anything. Thing is, I had no business jumping into relationships. Especially not before dealing with what I got going on. Oh, I was horrible at it. The only people I could model from was my parents. And I thought that was what love looked like. I was... Basically a simp. I did everything Haley asked. I gave her whatever she wanted. And when I couldn't give it to her, I felt bad and made myself feel bad. I thought I would never become like my parents. But I unconsciously did anyway. Haley and I fought every day. When we graduated, she spit on my face and broke up with me in front of our classmates. I am so glad I'm moving to Colorado for college. Now this can finally be over. By the way, I only used you so I could copy off of you during exams. You'll never be worthy of me. Or any girl. You'll never be anything. I cried a lot. I'm not ashamed to say it. But Cole and his mom were there for me. But eventually I moved out of there. They told me I was welcome to stay, but I just felt bad just taking from them and never being able to give back anything. So I took my chances and went to Hollywood. Now, I wasn't bad-looking, and I was quite tall, so I thought I'd do some modeling. I got a job as a waiter and went to a few auditions. Honestly, I landed my first break out of pure luck. I was just walking to get some milk when some random lady stopped me and handed me her card. That very next day, I was called in to shoot a commercial. I went to Hollywood to try some runaway modeling. It turned out, I was pretty good at acting. So after my first commercial, that same lady who found me became my manager, and she helped me book TV gigs. Nothing special. I would usually just be someone in the background. But then, one day, one of the actors got sick, and they needed a replacement. I immediately volunteered. The director was already frustrated, so he just waved yes. And that was the beginning of an awesome career. I did hit TV shows, movies with the best of the best, and soon enough, I was able to give back to Cole and his mom. I bought them a much nicer house, and I always send them tickets to any of my shows and red carpets. But then, years later, tragedy struck. I was in the middle of giving a press conference for having received my very first award when I got the call that Cole had passed away. He had a heart attack, and he was so young. I couldn't eat 
or sleep for days. I flew home and helped Cole's mom get through it. But when I flew back, I felt like I couldn't deal with it myself. I was just going through the motions, smiling for the cameras, waving to people. But inside, I felt dead. Until I saw Violet. She was crying, waving her hand so desperately at me, wanting me to sign her autograph. And you know what? When I saw her, it was like the sun was shining on me. The world stopped. I never felt like that in a very long time, so I invited her back to my hotel, and we fell in love with each other instantly. Violet was probably the most beautiful girl in the world, and the world agreed. We were the cover story of every tabloid and entertainment magazine for weeks. They were all talking about our mysterious whirlwind romance. Violet was there for me. She helped me get through my grief, and she made the world a happy place again. I spent every free moment I had with her. I visited her family, and I even became pretty good friends with her sister who turned out was obsessed with the same video game as I was. We bonded a lot through that. While Violet was out shopping with my bodyguard, Kelly and I would spend hours just playing on the PlayStation. I felt happy. I found somewhere I belonged again. With Violet as the woman of my dreams, and Kelly as the sister I never had. The only problem was... Maybe Violet was too beautiful? Or, as Kelly put it, too much of a flirt. Every job I had, as soon as they saw what my girlfriend looked like, the director would fire me. And then they'd try to take Violet out. A couple of them even offered her jobs, giving her roles in their movies just so she'd go on dates with them. And I... I felt powerless. She said if I loved her, I would let her do what she wants. She said if I loved her that I would be happy for her, that I'd be happy that she was getting her own break. I know it was wrong, but I let her bully me into believing that she just wanted what I had, and that she was not, in fact, using me to get her own fame. I loved her so much that I let her walk all over me. One day, she tried to end my career. She called me before I saw the news, telling me that she only did it so that there'd be a buzz around us and her new movie would sell lots of tickets. But when I saw what she'd said about me, I couldn't believe my eyes. In minutes, there were dozens of paparazzi outside my door. I couldn't even go out and get my postmate. Kelly had to literally muscle her way through a bunch of reporters and deliver my food through the back. The next day, the police came and arrested me. I got bailed out, of course. But my career was over. The movies I was working on dropped me. I was blacklisted from clubs and received every hate mail imaginable. Everywhere I went, people asked me the same question. Axel! Axel, over here! Why did you hit her, Axel? I did not hit her! I did not! Yeah, Violet told everyone I hit her. Sure, we fought a lot. Mainly because I would get jealous when I saw her sitting on some gross producer's lap. But I never, ever laid a hand on her. That's what I told the judge during the trial. Not a lot of people believed me. Not even my own lawyer. But then, one day, a miracle happened. The people I loved stood up for me. As Violet was telling an elaborate lie about the night I supposedly hit her, my camp called out a witness they were never expecting. Violet's sister. Kelly defied her own sister and told everyone the truth. That, in fact, it was Violet who was always hitting me. 
that the same night she had given me a black eye just because I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore if she would keep going out with directors and producers. Kelly told everyone how she witnessed Violet on multiple occasions punching me in the gut when her temper rose up. And then, several other witnesses said the same thing. There were even a couple of producers that Violet had cheated on me with who took to the stand. They all said the same thing. The Violet had, on multiple occasions, beat them up. I won that trial, and finally my name was clean again. People who accused me apologized, and Violet was sent to jail for what she did. Now, her career is over, and mine is back on track. And what's more is that I realized there was one person who truly loved me the way love is supposed to be like, and I kicked myself for not seeing it sooner. Kelly, her sister. I took it slow with her, and eventually, I proposed. Now we live a happy life. Three kids and counting. Hi, I'm Declan, and I just got out of college. On the morning of my very first job interview, I was super nervous. My knees were trembling. Somehow, I got through the whole process, and here I am, ready to go into the real world with a paying job. Only... One thing hasn't changed. I'm still super nervous and anxious as heck. But what I keep telling myself is that my family depends on me. I'm the first one in my family to even make it past high school. And I feel like it's my duty to help them get out of living in poverty. I owe them at least that. After all, my parents worked their whole lives to pay for my studies. And my brothers and sisters had always been there to support me. On my first day of work, I put on my nicest shirt, shined my shoes until I could see my reflection on it, and brushed my teeth three times just for good measure. I was so nervous as I sat during the orientation that I began to feel... Uh, weird. I was giddy and antsy and clumsy. So when my new boss came over to shake my hand, I stood up too fast. She was bending over to greet me, not expecting me to stand. My head met her face, and she stumbled backwards. I panicked. Who headbutts their boss on their first day of work? So I grabbed her by the back and pulled her towards me, making sure she didn't stumble further and fall on the floor. Instead, I had pulled too hard. In one moment, my boss was falling. The very next, her lips were on mine. Everyone around us gasped. My boss didn't even pull away. She just looked at me and batted her eyelashes. My, my. Nice to meet you too, Declan. Oh, I was so flustered. I, I just stumbled over my words. I, uh, Miss, uh, I, I, I'm so sorry, uh, Miss Garrick. I didn't, I didn't mean, mean to, uh, please don't fire me. Why would I fire you? For a kiss? I enjoyed it. And call me Catherine. Miss Garrick makes me sound old. I don't look old, do I? No, 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 no. Miss uh, Catherine? Uh, uh, I must say, I've never greeted someone with a full-on kiss on the lips before. Way to make an impression. But see, I'm a lady. I don't kiss before the first date. And now... You owe me. Owe you? Uh, miss? I, I, I mean, uh, uh, Catherine? A date, of course. 5 p.m. 
A car will be waiting for you outside. And so, yeah, that was my first day of work. I kind of became an instant hero. Everybody was talking about the newbie who accidentally kissed the boss and got a date. <laughs> I was so jittery, though. I'd never been on a date before. And I was going on one with my boss. As promised, there was a car waiting for me as soon as I clocked out for the day. And it wasn't just some car. It was a limo. The limo took me downtown, and when it stopped... The driver opened the door for me and called me Sir. It was a really weird sensation. The hostess at the restaurant greeted me with a smile. We've been expecting you. Declan, right? I nodded. Then, a waitress took my jacket and led me through the dining room. Up to the very back where only VIPs got to sit. Another waiter pulled my chair up for me and put a napkin on my lap. I was living like a king! I was used to people shooing me away because we were so poor. But now... Now, people were serving me! I promised myself I would work really hard to afford that life. Sitting across from me was Catherine, all dressed up and looking like those beautiful ladies in magazines. Do you have a girlfriend, Declan? Uh... No, miss... Uh, I mean... Catherine? I figured as much. I've... never had one. Never? Uh, yes, ma'am. That's a disgrace! You need to get a girlfriend! But... Hmm... As much as I would like to keep you for myself... I actually invited you over here for my daughter. Your... Your... Daughter? Yes, here she is now. And in walked Emily. She looked exactly like a younger version of her mom. And you could easily mistake them for sisters. Over the next few weeks, Emily and I went on a few dates. Not really my idea. Catherine really, really wanted me to date her daughter. She even hinted that I should propose. And I didn't understand why. It's not that Emily wasn't pretty or nice. I just felt uncomfortable dating my boss's daughter. But Catherine made me a deal. She said if I made Emily my girlfriend, she would promote me to being her assistant. So... Thinking about being able to help my family more, I said yes. People at work were starting to hate me because of all the favors I was getting. One guy in particular was Emily's ex, Darren. He dumped her a year ago, but now that she's seeing someone else, he wants her back. Not only that, Darren had been eyeing my position for years. And when I got the girl and the promotion, Darren took out his frustrations on me. Darren would pull these little pranks. He would hide my lunch or put glue on my chair. I ignored all that. But then... Things began to escalate. He started stealing things from me. He stole some pens, my mouse pad, a bracelet that I bought to surprise Emily with, and even took my favorite coffee mug. Some days, I would find my car vandalized. 
I was still very understanding. I didn't let it get to me. But then, one day, I saw something I couldn't ignore. I saw Darren stealing everyone's sales. See, our job is based on commission. The more deals we close, the more we earn. Every customer who comes in gets referred to an agent. But Darren made it look like he made all the sales that day. He did it again the next day. And so I confronted him about it. What are you going to do about it, huh? Tell your girlfriend's mom? Go run to mommy, Declan! <sighs> Some people laughed, but I reminded them that Darren had been stealing from them, too. Tell corporate for all I care. You'll never prove it was me. And he was right. We had no proof. We did try to complain to corporate. Catherine even backed us up. But they didn't believe us. So, I devised a plan with my co-workers. Darren stole thousands of dollars of commission from us. It was only right that he lost something worth that. So, during lunch, we snuck out into the car park. Sally went to buy nails at the nearby hardware store. Roger ran to the garden center to get sand. And Mimi took all the sugar we had from the office cafeteria. Sally stuck in the nails in the wheels of Darren's car. Roger and Mimi poured sand and sugar in its tank. And I wrote THIEF about a hundred times all over his car with a sharpie. I was actually feeling pretty good about it. I felt satisfied. Until the very next morning when I got called into Catherine's office. And there was the VP of the company, and he was scolding my boss. Catherine, I told you to keep an eye out for my son. And now look at what's happened. I demand you fire this boy immediately. Huh? No wonder they never believed a word we said. Because Darren's the son of the VP. I was fired that day, and no amount of explanation helped. Not even Catherine was able to do anything about it. She took me outside and apologized. I told her it wasn't her fault. And she told me the real reason why she wanted me to date Emily so bad. It was because she hated the VP and how corrupt he was. She didn't want Darren to get back together with Emily because if they got married, Darren's father could easily blackmail her by using her daughter. But of course, now that you know the truth... You don't have to keep seeing my daughter. You kept your word, but I wasn't able to protect you. Catherine, why would I ever leave Emily? Wh uh, what? I love her. At first, I was hesitant. At first, I was just doing it for the job. But your daughter... She's amazing. She makes me laugh. She's beautiful. She's smart. Who wouldn't want to be with her? Why would I leave her? In fact, I should be worried about her leaving me now that I'm unemployed. We heard someone laugh and we turned around. We didn't see Darren had been listening to us the whole time. <laughs> uh, uh, who's laughing now, you homewrecking pleb? Go back to the trailer park where you belong. Nobody wrecked your home, Darren. 
Emily doesn't want to be with you anymore because all you do is play Fortnite in your pajamas at your mother's basement. Everyone laughed at that. <sighs> Whatever, welfare kid. Shut up and go home. You're trespassing on private property. You don't work here anymore. I said goodbye to my friends and accepted defeat. I figured I was better off somewhere else anyway. But my friends surprised me. They railed around me. They said if they fired me, they would all walk, leaving the entire place with just Darren and his two friends. Even Catherine threatened to leave. Darren's dad called her bluff. And we called his. The next day, nobody turned up for work. And Darren and his friends were swamped. Hundreds of complaints were called into corporate. And it got so bad that the CEO herself flew down to see why we were on strike. And that, that was when we finally got justice. The CEO learned what happened. We told her that Darren had been stealing our commissions and that his dad covered it up and tried to fire us. As a result, Darren and his dad were fired immediately. The CEO also reinstated me. And not only that, she promoted me to manager. Catherine's old job. Because Catherine was now the VP, replacing Darren's dad. That all happened in front of Darren. He looked so furious that a simple poor guy like me ended up getting everything he always wanted. But you know what? I felt he deserved a bit more suffering. So, to rub it in his face, I got down on my knees and took Emily's hand in mine. I took out a ring that I had been hiding for the past two weeks. Emily, I know it hasn't been very long, but in this short span of time, you've shown me how beautiful, kind, and loving you are, and I don't ever want to live in a world where I don't have you by my side. Emily, with your mom's blessing, will you marry me? Catherine was so excited. She jumped up and down and rushed to hug me. I welcomed her hug, thinking she'd move her head to the side. She didn't. And once again, Catherine and I were kissing accidentally. Behind her, Emily put her hands on her hips and looked very much annoyed. Mom! That's my man! <sighs> Catherine wiped her lips and smiled with guilt. I guess that means she says yes. And as the guards escorted Darren and his father off the building, Catherine, Emily, and I shared a toast with our friends and co-workers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 